Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 258, Our Amazing Bodies of Light. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world, it's good to be back with you. And thank you for allowing me to share some information with you, especially today, when we're not only going to be looking at the light that our body gives out, but also at the end of this podcast, I'll be giving you a brief meditation that I'm sure you'll enjoy. So do stay around. Recently, I came across the work of Valerie Hunt, who has now passed over, but I met her and listened to her during the 90s and even into the early 20s, where I heard about her amazing work with what she calls bioelectromagnetism, the ability to record different images as to the energy that our body gives out and how that changes due to interactions with people, nature, etc. I'll get into that. But it made me aware of how I see auras and how I've even taught other people to see auras. And it hasn't always been through the ability to see colors specifically, but to be able to sense energy, whether that's through your feeling body or through your imagery or through your hearing or through your sense of smell. And all of these are six senses. And what's happened over the years that I've been helping people to listen to their intuition is that I've noticed that we all do it differently. Some people can pick up energy better with their hand. Some people can feel it better in their body. Some people can see it. And your way is perfect, as is mine. But over the years, as I've been asking people to look at energy, and it is not just one energy, there are many layers of energy, just as we have many layers of our subtle bodies, we will find that there's energy or light given out by our literally physical body, which is very tied into what we call the etheric body, very close to our physical body. Then our emotional body or astral body gives out energy. Our mental body gives out energy. So there are so many different layers of this energy that we call our aura. And what I've seen that if I say to someone, just draw the colors of the aura, that doesn't give us the most specific understanding of this person's energy field unless we interpret the color through the drawer, through the intuitive. In other words, I've heard people say, oh, you've got a red aura here, or you've got a blue aura here, and almost say to the individual that they're looking at, well, what does that mean to you? And I've said, no, no, you can't do it that way. You've got to actually say, I'm the one who chose the color red. So what does that mean to me? What does that symbolize for me? What does blue symbolize for me? So looking at colors of an aura, I don't think are as helpful unless you personally have an interpretation of that color. And that's what I've seen has happened with various machines that have been created to look at the aura, the electromagnetic field, etc. It's often been the creator of the machine <laughs> 
who has decided on specific colors to mean certain things. I'm sure that makes sense to you. So for me, I tend to have a feeling or, that is very quickly interpreted into an image. It's hard to say which comes first. But I have this energy of sentience that then goes into imagery. So occasionally, I also get acoustic imagery, which I hear words and then I see an image. But it all happens very quickly. And sometimes I will feel that in my own body, maybe in my own chakras. And sometimes I will just see it external to me. So what Valerie Hunt was doing is, what is she picking up? Or what is any intuitive person picking up when they are reading someone's aura? And this is the theme that I want to really go into today. And I really want you to think about, how do I pick up energy? What do I know about a person? And that's something I often say to someone is, are you psychic? I don't think so. Do you know something about someone else as they walk in a room? Or do you know something about someone? Yes. How do you know it? I don't know. I just know it. So then I suggest that you write it down or you draw it. In other words, having it just in your head is not enough to say that you are psychic. Being able to put it onto paper or what, however you wish to record this is really important. Because in that recording on the piece of paper, et cetera, you're then saying, wow, I am psychic. I have an intuitive knowing about people. And so this allows us then not just to say, wow, look how clever I am, but it also says, and how much of that person's energy am I then taking into myself? And is that then influencing my energy field, not just the ability to read someone? Make sense? And this is very much part of Valerie Hunt's work or her later work. She looked at the interaction between people. How much are we taking on? What's happening with those photons of light that are passing between us? How much of that is sticking to me? How much is it sticking to you? Is it at all interconnecting? And this is really where she became very fascinated by the interaction between people, especially but also between nature and people, et cetera. So the ability to know that we pick up information, the next step has to be, and how much of that am I taking on? Because this is really the work that took, you know, became uh, into being around the 1920s and then was so-called rediscovered by Fritz Albert Popp in the 1970s. And he really was the one that coined the phrase biophotons. So photons are, are light particles, you could say. Bio is the body. So biophotons is what's happening in our body with light. How do we, or how does our light body, <laughs> our subtle bodies, interact with light that's coming from our atmosphere? And photons at the moment are the really important feature. Everybody's talking about photons and photons of information. Light carries information. Or another way I like to say it is that light informs. So somehow these photons of light cause a change within our body. And, and that's really what Fritz Albert Popp found. So let me come back to his research. He initially looked at a leaf, put it into a cabinet where there was no other light. And he saw 
that this leaf was giving off light. And this really was the beginning of Curlian photography, if you've come across that. And, and really many of those machines that measure both light and electromagnetic light. So he said, look, here's a leaf, it's giving off light, there's no source of light for it, the light is coming from the leaf. And what he said, that all living beings give off light. That was this photo, excuse me, the biophotonic emissions. And so then he took a human <laughs> and he said, wow, they're giving off light. And it's a, it's a low frequency light or at a, a low power, I should say, at the sort of low ultraviolet level, crossing across the color spectrum, maybe into the high infrared. So it isn't a powerful light, but it gives off a light. And what he really thought was amazing was, A, it was non-thermal. So people would say, oh, it's just heat. And he said, no, there's no heat in this. It's not heat produced. The other thing he said is coherent light. And coherent light is like a laser beam. Uh, the light we might have on in a house is non-coherent. It's kind of all over the place. But the more coherent a light is, the less you need of it because it will pinpoint something very easily. They said, this is amazing that you can just take a few coherent photons and that will have an effect. Whereas having a bright light on that spreads the light everywhere isn't as effective. And I think that was, having listened to so many of his YouTubes recently, trying to understand what he was saying, I think that was one of the themes that he really stressed. It wasn't just that we emit light, we actually absorb light. Ta-da! <laughs> so the understanding that you can emit light and you emit light from your aura, from your physical body, yes, that's amazing. And that's now being used uh, even in modern medicine, to say, okay, how can we measure these biophotons that are being emitted to record someone's state of health? Because what they found was, and Pop found, was that the less coherent the energy was that came out, or in other cases, the more energy that came out, in other words, that the body had been producing energy due to this increase of energy uh, intake, they aligned that with different illnesses such as cancer. Now, I don't necessarily want to go down that road. It's still in its infancy, the use of biophoton emission measurements, but that's happening. And many scientists are saying, well, this is very interesting because it now doesn't have to mean that we have to do MRIs or PETs. In fact, it's much cheaper and it's more specific. So the ability to pick up energy or illness within the energy field, which I really believe in, is very important. We don't have to wait till the person is sick. We can say, well, okay, there's a disturbance in this light field, what's going on? And that really is a wonderful part of the diagnosis. Of course, the healing with light comes later. But what Pop also said, and I want to come back to that, is we're absorbing light. And he thought this was amazing, as I do. And he said, I can't believe that just a few photons of coherent light can influence the DNA of a cell or the mechanisms within a cell to perform, and he says, 100,000 activities per second. 
not sure if he measured all of those, <laughs> but he said, wow, this light that comes in influences the cell, the activities of the cell, the DNA to actually achieve much more than we could ever imagine within a second. And he said, what's even more amazing is that those photons then leave the body and that's what is picked up in these, um, these imageries, these emissions. And he said, what could you imagine that light could have such an influence long before the brain does, long before the emotions do, long before the beliefs do, that light is constantly stimulating our cells, constantly stimulating our DNA. And now we're understanding our DNA is highly sensitive to photons. And remember, photons are light, but they're carrying information. And what we've understood now on the scale of research, which I won't go too deeply in today, is that for that to work, you need both a receiver and a transmitter, and DNA is that. So the ability is to both be able to receive information and transmit it, transmit it around the body, transmit it wherever it needs. So everything is about sound or wavelength or receivers of light. Light, again, is just a different wavelength to sound. This is exciting. So it then took my mind, just very briefly, <laughs> my gem of my mind went out to, well, what's happening when there's this increase in galactic photonic energy coming into our atmosphere, which is happening now. And this is why people are saying that these photons of light coming from way out into the galaxy, maybe even beyond, are influencing our DNA to wake up. So we are having, you could say, an, a reminder or an acceleration of high frequency or different frequency, it doesn't have to be high, but different frequencies of information are coming in through light waves and influencing our DNA at levels that we couldn't even imagined. And this is the waking up that's happening. And we're now emitting that light. So again, it's almost that it's waking up what we call our light body, but it's really just that as these higher frequencies enter our body and more of us awakens, then we're emitting higher frequencies. Make sense? And this is something that Valerie Hunt then went on to look at. She said, I can see people in her recordings, in her ability to take recordings. She said, there are people who have very high frequencies of energy around them. Um, and we might say, well, they're more spiritual, she said, but they have more difficulty dealing with day-to-day -day activities and get shocked by lower frequencies. And that might be some of you sensitive to loud noises or different energies that you don't want. And she said, then there are people who have these lower frequencies, uh, but have more vitality. Their body is healthier, but they're not so good with the high frequencies. They can't even hear them. And then there are people in the middle <laughs> who have a, a range of energies. And, you know, she mentioned, and I have to accept as someone who has had cancer, she said people with high frequencies aren't always good at being angry about owning their power, of, of having strong vitality. They're often a bit too passive. And I agree. She said, you know, changing the way in which you access your different levels is really important. It's not about having only high or only low. What's really becoming clear is the ability to access all those levels 
when appropriate, is really important. So there's times to meditate and there's times for, you know, putting down your foot. And I often say to people, come on, you know, stamp your foot a few times. Oh, I don't know if I want to get angry. Stamp your foot, do some dancing, get some drumming going. It's not anger, it's moving energy and vitality through your cells. And then there's times to be quiet, calm, centered. And so she looked at all of this and she said, I can almost see a pattern always of not the illness, but the energy within the field that could lead to illness. And just as she said that variability, adaptability is the key to health, this is what heart math has shown, that heart rate variability is also a healthy sign. In other words, beat to beat should not be the same all day. Your body should be able to adapt. And so your heart rate will just slightly change depending on your circumstances. That's healthy. Having a solid every you know, 72 beats a minute for the rest of your life is not good. They say we are not metronomes. We're, we're not actually supposed to be the same all the time. And I think that when we are the same all the time, there's almost a depression of our energy, isn't there? Where there are no highs and lows. <laughs> and so it's, it's almost a, a, a type of depression where there's stagnation. So getting ourselves fired up is really healthy. Getting ourselves calmed down is really healthy. And you can use colors like blue is calming, purple is high, <laughs> red is active, but all of these energies are important. So this is the work that became fascinating, that this, this increase of energy that's coming into our atmosphere is waking up parts of us. And what I really want to stress, it's not just waking up all those high frequencies so that we're out there meditating. It's also waking up maybe some of our vitality, our power, our hmm, passion. So really checking in with ourselves and saying, what is my body needing today? And that's where in my color meditation we've done in previous podcasts, I've said, okay, bring red into your body and see where it wants to go. Don't send it to the base chakra, et cetera, just because you think that's where it should go. Let it go to the head if you want. So go through the range of rainbow colors and just let them go wherever they need because we need all of it. We need the whole spectrum and, and beyond. <laughs> the whole octave. So just moving on and just really finalizing this. Fritz Albert Popp is talked about by a photons, the emission of light, but he also talked about the absorption of light, which is why I'm saying this is so important. Others went into the idea of if we are actually absorbing light, are we absorbing it not in a linear pattern, but in a pattern, or maybe a more holographic pattern, what Valerie Hunt talks about a fractal pattern. She's saying we are not made up of circles and lines and triangles. We're made up of fractals. In other words, energy upon energy upon energy. And that changes depending on who we're resonating with, doesn't it? And what, that's what I've become aware of is too often we're trying to fit ourselves into a box when really every day my energy is changing according to the frequencies that I'm resonating with. So she calls it fractal imagery. Someone else said that maybe that's how we connect to our higher self, our other selves. 
through holographic biophoton energy. In other words, we are carrying with us those, the, the light, the energy of all lives now. We're going to look at that in another meditation or another podcast. So let's just finish with Valerie Hunt's work. As I say, she went on to say, okay, if she did what we call fractal imaging, looking at the different frequencies, the powers that are coming into someone. So she saw again that power, the amount of strength you have, is just as important as the frequency you're using. So if you're, you know, you might have a high frequency, but there's no power to it. Or you may have a lot of power, but you're actually not applying it to the right frequency. And this tied me very much into homeopathy, which, of course, you know I love. It was always about finding the right frequency. If you gave too low a frequency to someone whose problems were on a higher level or, or let's say, less physical, it wouldn't work. And it's vice versa. If you gave too high a frequency to someone whose problems were very physical, the homeopathy didn't work. So she was really saying how if we're going to bring healing, we have to understand that not only do we bring the right frequency, but the right healer. And she said many times a healer didn't have an effect because they were not aligning to the frequency of their patient. They were coming in with their frequency, whatever that was, and it was missing. And that's what she could see in her imaging was just how either energy was blocked or it was overwhelmed, but it was just a big miss. That's why resonance is so important. Resonating with your healer is not just, oh, I like them, but feeling that they're on the same wavelength. Yes. And resonating with the world around us, with the plant kingdoms, with the food we eat, with the world around us in terms of nature, with things we read in a magazine or we see online. If they don't resonate, stop reading them. Stop seeing it. If somehow it disturbs you beyond a normal disturbance to help you to wake up a little bit, but when something really jars, move away. If something doesn't affect you, move away. So we're going to end with just a, a meditation that Valerie Hunt suggested, and I have been practicing this a little bit since I read it, but I, I'm just going to share it with you. So what we're going to do is bring in energy into the level of the heart chakra. And she's saying that resonance is when two energies of equal frequency come, from, come together and create what is called a standing wave. And when that standing wave is full, then what happens, it stops just standing and it starts to circle out, going to all the parts of the body that need it. And she calls that scalar wave circling. She says you can also set intention with this. So you can say, I want this to do this. But I'd be careful with intention because our belief system come in. So we could say, oh, I want health. But inside your heart is, or yourself is saying, oh, I don't think I'll ever be healthy. Or I want wealth, but your poverty consciousness keeps telling you something different. So I would practice this just with color. Just use the seven colors of the rainbow. And then as again, you can go into higher octaves if you wish, but use the seven colors and really do as I suggested previously, just let that color go to wherever it needs to go. So to say to yourself, let this color go to wherever is needed. 
you can, if, if, for instance, if you're using red, you can say, let this red vitalize any cell that needs it. The blue, you could say, let this blue calm any cell that needs calming. Let this purple bring spiritual enlightenment to any cell that needs it. Again, you can use what colors or the meaning of colors as you wish. I'll just, just remind you that orange is about relationships. So let this orange bring perfect relationships to me. Uh, yellow is creativity. <laughs> Green is as a type of harmony, harmony and balance. Then blue is a calming. Indigo is a pain relief. And purple is a higher spiritual awareness. Okay. <laughs> so she suggests you lie on the floor, you put your hands out to the side. I've tried, I've done it also sitting. And what she says is that on the inhale, you imagine that in your hands, you have balls of color, balls of light, which are colored. And on the inhale, you breathe those colors in to your heart chakra. And then you breathe out a little bit, not all the way. Then you breathe in again. Bring that color from that ball of light. You can almost see the ball of light moving along your arm into your heart. And then just breathe out a little bit. And you keep breathing in and little out. And you'll feel the energy increase, that color that you're bringing in within your chest. It's more and more stays there until your heart or your chest is full of that color. When it's full, you will start to realize there is no space in your vessel for any more of that color. And you start to see the color start to spiral out in all directions, from front, back, side, like a sphere of, or a spiral of color. And you say, let this color go to wherever is needed today. And then you rest yourself. As she suggests, this may take 10 minutes. We've just done it in a few minutes. You can do it as many times a day you want. Of course, you don't always have to hold your arms out. You can say, let this color come into my heart. But always two colors, three if you want, but really just two directions, creating a standing wave, then letting that energy circle out. I hope this has excited you. The way we can take in color or in light create a resonance with that light, and then let that light inform us. And as we do that, our body, mind, spirit come into balance, optimal energy, so that we can be adaptable to what comes into our world and also find ourselves coming back to a stable, centered place where we know I am that I am. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Heart Speak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. 
Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.